Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy offseason, Spartan Nation. We missed you. Welcome into episode 111 of MLOP Spartan Confidential Podcast. I'm Brandon Champion, joined as always by Matt Wenzel and Kyle Austin, and it is Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Uh, Matt, what's going on? Uh, buddy just sent me a text from Atlanta, and it was a photo of uh, him and his buddies with Mel Tucker on the golf course. Do you have any idea what's up with that? Well, I know they do uh, Spartans, what, Atlanta area. There's a golf outing down there, um, but uh, no, I do not know exactly what that is about. Uh, but we know Mel likes to golf, and it's uh, the end of May, so might as well. Do, do we have any word on on how – what is Mel's golf game like? Do we know? Have we, Do we have any inside uh, tips yeah, there? Have we ever gotten a handicap, Matt? No, we haven't. I've seen – we've seen some uh, – some, uh, clips posted of, of his swing it looks pretty decent but um no i i have not played 18 holes with mel yet i don't think that's gonna happen to next time i need i need the full lowdown on his uh, strengths and weaknesses on the golf course what he's working on you know uh, what kind be, of clubs he use stuff like that we should be talking to him next week so i'll make sure to make that the exact first question not uh peyton yeah. thorne and, and keon yeah. coleman transferring out we we need to know what your uh handicap is beat reporters haven't talked to mel in a month first question how's your golf game yeah <laughs> he would be he would be I'm thrilled sure. if that oh yeah absolutely he'd, he'd probably he... talk for 15 minutes and say okay i think we're done here yeah yeah warm him up with a little softball there a classic journalist move there but uh kyle lawson is here as well how's it going kyle have you have you met, hit the course yet uh yes um not 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 in a little while but uh uh been out there a few times uh inspired by michael block and the pga over the uh over the weekend if you caught that so may have to get out back out there soon what amazing story, stuff man. man that was the that was... unbelievable wow that was incredible like I, I watched probably more of that pga championship than any golf tournament i've watched in a long time and yeah, it was a good leaderboard you know i had some cheddar on it but the michael block thing was it just felt like you know your 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 dad's friend was out there golfing with you know <laughs> rory mcelroy and you know all these pros and then the, the hole in one on sunday was just like one of those iconic moments man like that this right there that's why we love sports right because the stories like that because you know anything can happen and now you know he's playing in this week's tournament he got an invite for the tournament in canada so just one of those feel good sports stories. One of those stories that feel like they can only happen in sports. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, that's enough golf talk, I guess. Uh, you know, we should probably get to, to what we're going to talk to here, unless you guys want to live chat the, uh, Michigan state baseball game that's going on right now. looks like they got the bases juiced against them. So, uh, elimination day there, but I haven't gotten into big 10 baseball, but we're not going to do that right now. Uh, it's been a while since we talked to you guys. I mean, obviously it's been a couple weeks, uh, you know, it is May. That means it's peak off season for, for at least for Michigan State football and basketball. Um, so that's why we've been away. Not a ton going on. Didn't figure it was worth, you know, forcing a show in here. That is until yesterday when we got one of the uh, we got some news, some schedule news, and it unleashed one of the more bizarre 
Michigan State, I don't know if you can call it a civil war, but kind of like a skirmish between uh, on social media between fans who were in favor of Michigan State, Penn State moving to Ford Field in Detroit the last game of the year and fans who were against it. Uh, I had some pretty strong opinions against it, but uh, I guess first I'll toss it to Matt. I mean, this is not something we've really seen in a long time. Michigan State played way back in like, I don't know what, like 13 or something like that. They played Florida Atlantic at Ford Field. I 2010, remember, I believe. Okay, so it was even longer. Um, so this isn't something Michigan State does often. I guess, how did this come together? Well, <laughs> I, the answer to everything is always money, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I thought Pete Thamel, ESPN's college uh, uh, golf football reporter, did a good job. Uh, his story on Sunday kind of breaking down um, – kind of the the mess loose ends would be a bit the nicest way to put it that uh, Kevin Warren left uh, to be tied up in the seven year seven billion dollar media rights deal that was announced last August um, for the new commissioner so I mean basically he left thing he was promising he exceeded his authority in certain areas and made promises that he you know wasn't really authorized to make and now the schools have to kind of pick up the pieces so they need people to they need schools to you know take a bullet for the conference um and michigan state ohio state and, and penn state are among those so um and, and specifically what he promised is november night game yeah exactly historically mm-hmm. the big 10 has not done so he yeah. promised all that and then all these schools went said whoa 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 we didn't agree yeah. to that then yeah that's what so how the, exactly that worked out because this had to go through the presidents and chancellors and all i mean who knows, but obviously somebody dropped the ball. I mean, this should have been wrapped up. It obviously wasn't communicated well. Um, I mean, you had Ward Manuel quoted as basically saying, <laughs> told, the, told the Big Ten to shove it. You know, they don't want anything to do with it, which is not a surprise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, November night games in the Big Ten, that's not ideal. Everybody knows that. But, I mean, you have to fill out the, the, the TV schedule you promised. NBC wants its primetime games. If that's part of the package, somebody's got to deliver. And in this case, uh, Michigan State's on the hook for two of them already. So they'll play at Ohio State in, in November in primetime, which will be the, the latest in the season Ohio State has ever had a night game. Um, and then obviously the news with the, the regular season finale being, uh, you know, moved towards field on Black Friday. So that's obviously unusual, but – you know, that's that's just where we're at. You know, I mean, this is what college football has become. The TV networks run sports. The TV networks have all the authority, all the power because they've got the money. The schools want the money. You see what the payouts are for the Big Ten. More than more money per school than any other other conference creates a massive advantage against schools like, you know, the the Pac-12, which is, you know, not even what I mean, each school bring in less than half of that. The ACC, you know, it's basically become the Big Ten and you know, the SEC, you know, going at it for who gets the most money. And that, that makes a difference that, you know, that money, that money funds your athletic department. It does a lot, you know? So I know some fans are pissed, you know, the diehards, um, one of us on this, uh, on this podcast, I would say, uh, fits that description to say the least. I just don't, I just don't see it as being worth all the Twitter outrage. Like, I'm sorry. It's, they didn't, they didn't shut down the stadium. Although I, I will say the irony of them announcing uh, the hundredth anniversary of Spartan stadium on Wednesday morning with a big video. And then a couple hours later being like, Oh yeah. Um, about that last home game of the year. Uh, but 
this is a one-time deal, um, at least it appears to be. You're moving a game 90 miles indoors on a holiday weekend late in the season. The crowd historically, you know, in recent years has not been great. You know, a lot of that is, you know, reflective of the where the team is at, um, often the opponent. Uh, but still, like, it's a – I don't – care <laughs> you know like i don't think this is a huge deal i just i think it's an overreaction i understand why some season ticket holders would be upset but um the players seem to be up for it you know i've seen positive you know tweets from them and and former players basically like this is cool so i think it can create a, you know a, an interesting the possibility for it to be an interesting environment something different you know if michigan state's five and six going into that game and there's snow and it's you know i mean you know what the crowd's going to be like they'll they would have an announced attendance of 50 some thousand and there would be twenty thousand bodies in there at most i mean look at last year's uh you know home finale against you know indiana they're playing for bowl eligibility and you know that was just miserable you know they had to close the upper east deck of the stadium due to you know the water uh issue and it wouldn't have mattered there was nobody there they weren't going to fill that out you know, that was a, it was miserable out there that day. And, you know, the diehards have showed up and stayed by all means, that's impressive, but uh, you know, just so many people just will pass on the, on that situation. And, you know, that's just, I don't know. I think it's a one-time deal. It'll, it could be interesting. Give it a shot. But to be clear, the crux of the reason for doing this is not really attendance. I mean, it's, it's, it's money for that. They need well, to fill yeah, these night games. Yeah, so. Absolutely. That's, that's the whole thing. But, you know, even yeah. Alan Heller's statement, you know, said that it being on a holiday weekend was, you know, a significant factor in that because <clears throat> everybody's seen <laughs> who shows up, you know, the last time they had Penn state, you know, great. You know, that was an environment for, you know, the players will remember. Um, but, you know, what are the odds that Michigan State would be have 10 wins going into the season finale this year? I mean, sure, it could happen, but it looks unlikely. Um, and I just I don't think as a one-off deal, you know, people be able to be warm, get a beer, enjoy it oh, indoors, you beer. know. I mean <laughs> so so they, I agree. Like my, my initial take to this was, I mean, obviously uh, very negative. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I look forward to these Saturdays, regardless of how the season's going, because it's more of like a full on event for me. You know, it's not just the game, it's tailgating, it's seeing friends and family that I haven't seen. It's, it's the whole thing, you know, it's the vibes. So for me, you know, I'm just a little bit sad that we're going to be missing out on one of those games, particularly against a marquee opponent like Penn state. So that's where my initial frustration was. And, but the more I thought about, you know, if it's, if it's more of just a one-off thing, I suppose it's fine. Like, I just don't want this to become the norm because I'm not a fan of neutral site games in the regular season in general. I just think college football thrives off its atmosphere. It thrives off its home fans. It thrives off the tailgate scene. It thrives off those campus environments. So I don't want to see this to become the norm. The more I thought about it, you know, going to Detroit, you know, the players are in favor of it probably because one, you know, a lot of these guys are from Detroit area Two they get to play in a pro stadium, you know, they, they're probably like, Oh yeah. You know, I think it's a little bit different for players than fans because players are like, you know, a lot of these guys dream about playing in the NFL someday. And, you know, this is their chance to play on an NFL stage in Detroit. You know, I think it being on Friday instead of Saturday is good for the brand. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. Um, so I can see why those reasons, why people would be positive about it. I'm just kind of a, 
a purist when it comes to this stuff because going to going to Spartan Stadium on college football Saturdays is is one of my favorite things to do in the world. And to just, you know, to wait all year for six to seven of these things, and now they've only got three Big Ten home games. I just feel like I kind of lost a little bit of, of what makes me so excited for the football season. And I guess that's why my reaction was so strong because I don't want to see this accepted as the norm. No, and I don't think it will be. I, and I understand like tailgating the college. I completely agree. College football is made up, you know, the atmosphere makes it, but um, you know, again, goes back to where are you at? You know, the, you know, as far as what the atmosphere will be like. And I just think, you know, go to Detroit, you know, you can have fun tailgate there, you know, be a different mix just something different. And hey, Michigan state's fared pretty well in uh, professional stadiums uh, recently. So, you know, they, they won the peach bowl, uh, you know, at Mercedes Benz, they beat Miami at, at uh, 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 hard rock. Uh, and then what you go back, uh, the pinstripe bowl, Yankee stadium, there's a win. So Cotton maybe bowl. they got bowl. Yeah. Maybe they got there. There's something to it there for them. But um, <laughs> so if I'm remembering the ESPN story, right. I mean, if they couldn't deliver these November night games, they were going to be delivering back like several million per school to the TV deal. They were basically just have to chop that amount off the deal. So yeah. like, to me, what it boiled down to for Michigan state is you can help fill these November night games and get your full amount that you're promised. not have to take a haircut mm-hmm. um, B get into a better TV window. I mean, that's something we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, NBC prime time, 730 um on Black Friday during a holiday weekend. Like that's a that's a lot of exposure and that matters to the decision makers. So yeah. you get those two things, you get the money, you get the TV window. Frankly, I think you're probably gonna get a better crowd, um, you know, given the conditions. Um, so to me, you weigh that against pretty much what Brandon just said, you know, losing the campus, losing the true home game, um, you know, pop certainly angering some season ticket holders. Um Sorry, you know, fans, ticket holders, you're coming out on the um, on the wrong end of that. I mean, yeah. I, I well, you can still that go to the game forward and, yeah. and not that they and I agree, like <laughs> if they were agreeing to do this every single year. And yeah, you can. I mean, you're going to get your money back. Maybe you pay a little bit more to go to Ford Field, but you can still go to the game. It's not like you're not able to. Um, so, yeah, if this was an every year deal, um, I don't think that would be the right move. And I don't think it's a move they would make. Um, it's kind of a one-off to, to get this contract uh, straightened out and, um, and get this game done. Uh, I, I see why they did it. I'll say that. I'll see why they did it. Yeah. Thamel, yeah. He, he reported more than 70 million was, was, left, was, is, was, is hanging in the balance, you know, about 5 million per school. And there were more on... hangups than just this, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean like that, you know, him this is a giving game. NBC the, the big 10 championship game in 2026 <laughs> without, I he, didn't have, he didn't have the authority to do so because, you know, big 10 network controls it and that's majority owned by Fox. I mean, it's, uh, this stuff's just, it's, it's quite, uh, it's amazing quite frankly, but um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> money, I, you know, I, I mean, that's again, First thing I said, it's all about the money. I guess, I guess, you know, I'm the guy who drove 34 hours to watch a six and six team play in the beat ups bowl, you know? So like, I guess I'm not like, you know, I'm not a casual. I'm not like that. You know, I'll sit in any rain, sleet, snow, sun, whatever. I don't care. I'll do it. But I, I do understand that a lot of fans aren't like that. So, um, you know, I get it from trying to try something new. Maybe you'll get some new, Maybe you get some new fans that are like, hey, I mean, that's going to be right in the middle of the, co- the high school championships. The Lions obviously have a home um, 
game on Thanksgiving. So it is kind of like a fo- celebration of football weekend in Detroit. So, you know, I, I guess I've, I've, I've listened to the counterpoints. Um, you know, my, my concerns still remain, but I've listened to the counterpoints and I've accepted that, you know, there are some positives that can come out of this. So, um, but we can shut down the rumor that James Franklin pushed for this cause he didn't want to get pelted with snowballs again. Is that, is that the, <laughs> I uh, forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, it is going to be a fun weekend, though. So, uh, 1 p.m. Thanksgiving on Fox is Lions Packers. MSU basketball immediately follows that. That's their Arizona game. So, that's like 4.30 on Thanksgiving. And then about 24 hours after that end, you have Michigan State football on a national TV game. So, it will be a good TV viewing weekend if you uh, like the Michigan State and the Lions. Yeah, for sure. And then just briefly that Ohio State game, you know, I was, I guess I was a little bit surprised to see uh, that. I mean, that game hasn't been close in a long time, but they, they still hype it. They still put it in a marquee window. I mean, it's going to get ratings. You know, that's the thing about Michigan State. It's still, Michigan State does still draw eyeballs, I guess. So it's, I guess I was just, I mean, they got to put them somewhere. I guess I was just a little bit surprised to see that game get the marquee treatment considering how non-competitive it's been the last few years. What, 2018? Wasn't that the last time that game was actually a, a game? Like a mm-hmm. like actually not over the completely last finished two years, by a three years is bad. you know, the end of the yeah. first quarter. So uh, but again, there's another 730 game on NBC. So there, there you go. I mean that's that's to defend two... Michigan State, a lot of teams are not competitive with Ohio State. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. Right. It just, you know, when your other big rival is beating them two years in a row, I think it stings a little more for the Spartans. But uh, I guess it's just, you know, and I guess the other question I had is, why is Michigan State the one who's bending over backwards to help the Big Ten when they wouldn't even work with them to reschedule a Minnesota game during the last basketball season? You know, I, you know, I guess it's that, just, that's a question for people above uh, above my pay grade and affiliated <laughs> with the university or the conference. But I mean, at the very least, you're getting some uh, some some very good goodwill but I, I imagine it's more than that but you know Ohio State you know they they agreed to the the November night game too so they're not the only ones you know working First weekend in November can be a little different than Thanksgiving weekend true so. absolutely so I yeah. I get like I don't know it's also the, the, the Big Ten around. has yeah the Big Ten has these tiers though of like you know your top level schools you can basically give the conference offers to finger because they're um they bring in so much money um and Michigan, Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan, Ohio State, <laughs> um, and Penn State, arguably, yeah. um, for football at least. Um, and I, I, to me, this would be kind of a clear indication that Michigan State is not quite in that tier um, because, listen, they're not the ones doing the um, like the matching style, you know, a bunch of Friday, Thursday night home games like Maryland's doing. Uh, that's the lower tier that's getting forced into that. But Michigan State, kind of a reminder that they're kind of in the middle tier. You know, they're not playing, you know, the Minnesota and uh, Maryland schedules, but they're not Michigan and Ohio State where they just say no. Um, or lower, you know, obviously Ohio State got one, but they don't have that ability. They're kind of, you know, they're um, they're somewhere in the middle there. They're, this was kind of a reminder of that to me. Yeah. I mean, I've always, for football, I've always, you know, said you got, you got the big three and then you've got like Michigan state, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, that's kind of how I've always looked at it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, anyways, you know, it is what it is. So now they've got at least three primetime games. Cause that first Friday will in all likelihood be a night game. Like oh yeah. I mean, they're not going to, no. so there, I mean, there are two game times announced. Both of them are <laughs> night games. And then obviously the opener being on a Friday, that's going to be a night game. I don't, you know, I don't know how you wouldn't make that a night game. Why but does Washington feel like it's going to be a night game to me? I, I would Maybe. imagine it probably will be too. So I'm gearing up to be, all right, I'm not going to do it. Not going to, mind. 
I'll we'll have plenty mouth. of time for you to complain I'll, about I'll shut, <laughs> I'll shut my mouth right now. Nobody cares. Nobody May 25th. Cares. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> the Lions, I'll tell you what, last year, I think what every single one of their games started at 1 p.m. or, or earlier, like that's not this year. They got not five this of them year. Now. Well, now that's, yeah. you know, you start winning your team. So, um, but uh, yeah, we'll see though, the, you know, a lot of these game times, you know, they don't get announced till later in the, in the season, but I would, I would be surprised if Washington isn't a night game. They could see a 7 PM, you know, like maybe a, maybe a FS one or Fox kickoff. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe ESPN gets that or, Wait, do we still have ESPN this year or not? No, no, it's no. Over, right? No more yes. ESPN. No more ESPN. Nope. So, all right. Well, let's flip to basketball because we have gotten some interesting schedule there, news there too. I mean, it's May, people. You're getting a schedule episode. I don't know what else you want us to talk about. Uh, we'll try and come up with some better topics, I guess, as we get into the summer here. But, Kyle, we did get some basketball news as well. You mentioned the Arizona game a little bit ago. That's going to be kind of a standalone uh, game, but they'll play some other games that are a part of it, but probably at the Breslin Center. Uh, Michigan State and Arizona, I mean, not not – really two programs obviously two very good basketball programs but not two that have played um you know that often you know i think i was trying to trying to pull it up here but my computer's being crazy so uh arizona leads the all-time series five to two uh the last two times they've played have both been in hawaii in 2005 six uh at lahaina i believe that was the maui invitational and then 2016 and 17 um at the stan sheriff center that was also in honolulu uh i think arizona won that at the buzzer with like a second left if i remember that correctly but they were wearing those camo jerseys so two programs both you know very respected uh programs but they haven't really played a lot you know uh, so this is kind of like a fun one-off game i think at a neutral site out there in palm springs Arizona, I'm not sure what to expect of them coming into this year. I know they they had a good season last year and obviously got upset. I've seen a lot of rankings where they're kind of in the 20 to 25 range. You know, they should bring back Omar Bello and Pelly Larson, which will be two sort of big men that could give uh, Michigan State some trouble. But a- after that, there's a lot of unknown on that team. So, uh, you know, we can mention the other marquee games that we know about here in a little bit. But uh, I was excited this Arizona game was going to happen. Yeah, um, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I always like to see them play different. Uh, I mean, it's fun to play Duke and Kentucky and Kansas as often as they do, but it's nice to branch out um, to a little bit different of a bigger brand. Um, you know, it makes sense. So they're, they're going to Palm Springs because um, Acrisure, um built that, or they didn't build it. They bought the naming rights to a new arena out there. So they're sponsoring um, this tournament. I'm, I'm using air quotes because you can't see me. Tournament. Um <laughs> And in Akersher, if you don't know, um, is uh, headed by a Michigan State grad, or not a Michigan State grad, a Michigan State donor. So uh, they get Michigan State involved. They're looking for a second program. Arizona is uh, not terribly far uh, from Palm Springs out there. So it's a drivable probably for Arizona fans. So that's kind of how it came together. But um, so this, there won't be like the tournament this year that they have, you know, like the PKI or the Maui or uh, Battle for Atlantis. Uh, like, this is the tournament. It's two games. One of it's on campus. It'll be probably the Monday of Thanksgiving week. It'll be, you know, against a, a low to mid-major manageable game. And then it'll be the Arizona game on the Thursday. So it won't be like last year. Um, it'll just be the two games, and it'll only be one high major, and you already know who it is. So that's kind of a step down. And, you know, you mentioned Butler. Um and they're playing Duke, those are probably going to be the three, like, high major opponents um, on the schedule, honestly. So compared to last year, um, I think it's going to be a pretty significant step down in difficulty, which is interesting because the roster is a lot Uh better. 
Um, but yeah. you know, kind of, kind of zagging a little bit. Um, I, I know there were some regrets with the schedule last year. I don't think it was with, Izzo has said it, it was not with who they played and then like the number of tough games, but it was how close together they were and how much travel there was with the, with the multiple West coast trips. So mm-hmm. dialing it back this year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Duke's going to be, uh, you know, top five team, um, top 10, top five team, uh, Arizona, you just talked about. So it'll be two pretty tough games. Uh, the Gavit ended up being more manageable, so they could have a pretty good record uh, going into the big 10 there, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was the Duke seeing Duke, the guys that they're bringing back. You know, Jeremy Roach came back. They had a couple other guys come back. I mean, Whitehead, yeah, yeah, Whitehead, Duke, Michigan State, both could very well be in the top five or right around there. And same with Kansas, mm-hmm. who obviously got Hunter Dickinson, and they just had Kevin McCuller come back. You know, Kentucky, they're going to have their usual crop of, of big freshmen. So we'll see how that goes. But they missed uh, all the transfers, though. People, yeah, are they, I, out down there. yeah, they are not on board with Cal right now. That's no. for sure, especially after the last two NCAA tournaments. But uh, the champions classic, you know, usually Michigan state's the team that's, you know, doesn't have the, the, you know, the high caliber five-star freshman, but they're bringing in two of them this year. And then Cohen Carr is rising faster than anyone, you know, maybe on the circuit right now. So uh, the champions classic this year, Michigan state is going to be bringing in, you know, just as much, you know, comparable talent to the other teams this year, that that's going to be an absolutely loaded field this year. Yeah, you know, it's like there were a couple of years where Michigan State didn't have a good record before the last couple of years and um, didn't weren't bringing great teams there, at least compared to the other teams. But last year, played that thriller, double overtime, beat Kentucky. I think that kind of felt like they were back in it at that point. Um, and then, yeah, they're going to bring a top 10 um, at the least, um, if not top eight, top five um, team in to do it this year. So it feels like Michigan State's all the way back and we won't be hearing any of that silly uh does michigan state belong in this event uh Uh, we probably still will let's be honest i got into it with uconn fans a couple weeks ago who are complaining about why they don't get invited to the champions classic people just don't understand how these things work like it's called the champions classic yeah but really it's just another mte that these four teams signed a contract with espn to do you know it's like the champions thing is taken too literally sometimes you know well i mean ESPN could swap teams out, um, and um, but they've chosen not to because I think I mean listen, it's ESPN's event. They're they're choosing who's going to rate well, and obviously they've been happy with the ratings, so they're keeping they're keeping all four. And Michigan State, part of that is outside of maybe those couple of years when they weren't doing well, they've they've been pretty darn competitive in it. So it's been a good deal for everybody, and it should be a really good one this year. Mm-hmm. And then as for Butler, I think people were a little bit surprised that they drew Butler in the Gavit games. Obviously, Michigan State went to Hinkle uh, a couple years ago and beat Butler 73-52. Uh, the only other meeting between the two teams was in the uh, in the um, Final Four when Draymond Green definitely was fouled, but we won't go down that road. Um, so Butler, though, not expected to really be a marquee team in the Big East. You know, I know a lot of people, when we thought about Gavit games, we thought maybe a rematch with Marquette. We thought, you know, maybe UConn, but I know there's some contractual stuff with UConn isn't actually playing in the Gavit game. So uh, the Butler game doesn't really feel like it's 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 what people would have thought. But I guess, um, you know, Posh Alexander's transfer from St. John's went over there and obviously Pierre Brooks went to Butler. So he'll be making a return to the Breslin Center. So I guess that does kind of add a little bit of intrigue to this. But this is a team Michigan State should handle at the Breslin Center. Yeah, I mean, there's some technical kind of boring reasons why it's not boring kyle tell us tell us (laughs) um okay so we talked about champions classic break out your calendar for me that's on a tuesday um and the gavit games run tuesday through friday of that same week so michigan state basically 
will would only play Agavit games on that Friday, like one day they're locked in. Um, so that limited the potential opponents they would play. Um, and they were locked in to play at home. So that further limited um, who they were going to play. Um, Marquette was my guess because Marquette is one of the road teams, but Marquette is playing in the Maui Invitational starting on Monday. So if you can imagine Marquette did not want to play on Friday in East Lansing, Michigan, and on Monday in Maui. So they, um, they pulled an earlier in the week, um, uh, Gavit games matchup. I forget who they're playing Illinois maybe. Um, and then they're, and then they'll be traveling. So, um, really left it down as far as I could tell between Georgetown and Butler. And I don't even know Georgetown's full schedule. They might've had a conflict too. So it, it, it left not very many good options. Butler ended up being it. Um, you know, it, they're not very good right now, but they're regional, um, you know, Pierre Brooks, Bad Mata, um, kind of a rematch from a couple of years ago when Michigan State played very well um, and, and beat them there. So, uh, but more manageable than I thought, but yeah, with you, I didn't realize UConn's got a weird contractual thing. They don't really play in this. Um, and I thought Marquette would make a lot of sense, but that didn't work out. So um, again, you know, a part of a more manageable non-conference schedule uh, when it all shook out. Yeah, Pierre Brooks is the highest rated player like to ever go to Butler, like in terms of two four seven ratings. Yeah. I said I was listening to a Butler podcast and they mentioned that and I was like, What? Seriously? Like well, I mean, unless and listen, like I Pierre Brooks could be a very good player for Butler. Um I mean I, I still think he could be a very good college basketball player somewhere. It just didn't work out there, but no, it just goes to show you, you know, talk about these recruiting rankings. Butler's uh, Butler had a pretty good couple of years there, as I remember, a couple of years back. So not all about <laughs> recruiting rankings. That's true. Brad Stevens, a miracle worker there. That, that was uh, that was that was wild. Crazy to think Butler played in back-to-back Big Ten championships, and they have been a very good program. Big Ten you know, national championships. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, did I say? What did I just say? I think I just messed <laughs> up. But <laughs> um, Butler had been a very good program. Uh, you know, they've called, fallen on far, hard times a little bit here. But, uh, you know, it's it's it could be the worst. It it could be worse. Like, I'd much rather play them than Georgetown, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, but it is interesting. So, we're not expecting really any more marquee games then. That's, you know, you kind of briefly touched on it. But after last year's schedule, taking, taking a step back, I think, makes sense. You know, it, because it's it, it all seemed annoyed. Because yeah. it didn't seem like last year Michigan State was getting as much credit as they should. Like when it was happening for playing the hard schedule, they were like basically discounted for the first month and a half of the year because their record wasn't great. And they lost some games they shouldn't, like the Notre Dame game. But uh, it's almost Tom seemed a little bit annoyed, like how the AP voters were, you know, not really giving them any love. And they're putting, you know, undefeated Mississippi State who hasn't played anyone in there. And I know none of that matters and it's all about March, but. Uh, it seemed like a, a purposeful effort to maybe back off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really made it that, uh, but I, I think it's the game. I mean, and part of it's just circumstance, like the ACC big 10 dropped off this year. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see. Um, and this is the last year of the Gavit games that's contracted. It could be extended, but it hasn't yet. So um, I, I would think that there'll be some new sort of conference challenge series. I don't, um, I would think they'll add something, but there's more flexibility going forward for sure. Um, for Michigan state uh, without having both of these things um, in the picture. So I'm curious what they'll do. You know, do they, do we get back to home and homes? Finally, that would be fun. Um, they find some new programs to play some new play, venues to play in. That would be fun. Uh, maybe you, you find some, you know, wacky Mark Hollis ideas to, to get done or something like that. Um, if it just felt like they were, 
they were agreed to be in so many different events last year that there was just no 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 wiggle room for anything and everything was kind of dictated to you now it feels like they're back to kind of being able to make some more decisions for themselves and i'm, I'm interested to see how they'll go with that yeah i i want to see them play i want i like to see them play new teams i mean duke is the duke stuff kind of the duke rivalry is fun kansas kentucky obviously we play those guys a lot north carolina it's it's great you know because it's it's good for for the brand it's good for the, the school to play that but uh i was just like thinking you know like like let's get a game with san diego state you know mm-hmm. let's get a game with you know some of these like big uh you know i mean san diego state you got a michigan connection there with brian dutcher you know dayton's not far away cincinnati you know these schools that are maybe like you know mid majors or they're majors low majors and that just don't really play that often i would like to see more games like that so um i think the schedule is going to be a little bit lighter maybe we'll get sort of like one of those sneaky good mid mid major games coming to the breslin you know when they try and fill out this schedule I would appreciate see, see those that, games but... are more downside than upside. There's a reason high majors yeah. don't play those games. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the yeah. more to lose than to gain, I think. But you know, time is shoot, time is you played a game at Bradley once, you know. So don't, you know, <laughs> don't count out anything for him. I think he played a game at IPFW once. He, he in, in, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Went yeah. to Eastern once. Like he'll do that stuff yeah. for sure. So um, all right. Well, I think that's enough on the schedule. Um, in terms of other Michigan State basketball news, we're really just waiting for Jade Nakins and AJ Hoggard to withdraw from the draft or stay in the draft. I think we have a pretty good indication which way that's gonna lean, but that deadline's coming up soon, right? Yeah, I mean, never assume anything, but um, you know, they didn't get they did not get invited to the uh, combine, which was last week. Um, and they have until May 31st now to make their decisions. Um, you know, that doesn't mean they're not getting any NBA interest. You know, they can go to team workouts. Nothing's been reported, but some of those don't get reported. Um, I, I know at least Jaden did a pro day with his agency. Um, and that would have been in front of NBA teams, but, um, haven't seen a lot of buzz, um, on those guys, um, at least publicly. So, um, They'll have about a week now to uh, to finish that up, and, and we'll find out next Wednesday. And how many dunk competitions has Cohen Carr won since the last time we talked? At least three, two, right? <laughs> two. It might be. I don't know. He did another All Star game in California, and if they had dunk contest there, I'm sure he won it. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been good. He's going to be fun. Money ball. They haven't announced anything Money Ball yet, uh, but uh, he will be a Money Ball attraction um, if and yeah. when that happens this summer. Yeah. Can we get him with, you know, AJ or we got to get him with AJ. I need, I need some lobs, you know, whoever the best distributor is, which is AJ, obviously Mm -hmm. get him on Cohen Carr's team for Moneyball. I need that. (laughs) That would be, that'd be great. So uh, anything else hoops or should we just have Matt run down, you know, catch us up on news. There's been some news, but it's so old that I don't know if we need to talk about it too much. No, I think that's that, that ends the hoops talk. All right, run it down, Matt, real quick. I know we, you know most people's going to know this stuff, but just in case you've checked out of the summer, here's uh, you know the latest news regarding this. Well, to follow up with what we opened with uh, today is the 2023 Atlanta Alumni Annual Scholarship Golf Outing at hey. Bears Best Atlanta Golf Club. So that would explain <laughs> uh, Mel Tucker being in pictures. This actually looks like a pretty decent deal: 160 bucks for. Greens fees, cart, range balls, tailgate breakfast, lunch right. program, photo ops with Tuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not too bad. But <laughs> a little um, recruiting while he's down there, I'm open. You know. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, first of all, I, the the Michigan State women's golf team won its first regional title in program history um, since yeah. the last time we talked. I believe finished 18th at the NCAA championships. Um, Let's see, uh, Peyton Thorne to Auburn. I'm pretty sure you've heard of that. He's already on campus working out. Um, so best of luck to him. 
And as far as, well, and, and obviously Keon <laughs> Coleman to Florida State uh, ends that uh, that saga, um, closes the chapter on, uh, on him possibly returning to Michigan State. So they will be without uh, top two receivers from last season, and they haven't added any receivers from the portal. So they did add uh, Colorado defensive tackle Jalen Sami. That's pronouncing it right. Um, he's a veteran, good player, productive player, interesting addition, I think. That would be like probably the last position or running back where I thought they would add somebody. But uh, there's a lot of depth there now, a lot of experience. You know, they added Jarrett Jackson, Dre Butler, um, two veteran defensive tackles in the offseason, uh, two Miche Adelaide, uh, play, can play all over the line. So uh, they should be really deep at tackle. Uh, <laughs> Jamari Howard, four-star cornerback, was the highest-rated player in their 2024 class, decommitted. Um, so they're down to they're down to three players in, in the 2024 class that are committed: um, two offensive linemen and a, a cornerback. So June's going to be a big month. They got a bunch of guys coming to campus. Um, they're going to need to uh, make it do a good job, make an impression, and, and grow that class significantly. Because, like I said, only three players um, at the end of May is. It's a little on the on, on the lean side. So um I've seen oh, them trending and, for a lot of guys though out there. What'd you say? I've seen them trending for a lot oh, of yeah, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. And then uh the interesting the portal never stops amazing you. Uh Keon Stewart, a TCU cornerback. Uh since the last time we chatted, he committed to Michigan State. Um, and then then flipped to Arkansas, uh, last week, I believe it was. So, um, that was a position I thought they could definitely use a veteran court, a veteran corner to add to, to the roster. And, uh, I got the rug pulled out from under them on that one. So, um, yeah, that's ever there was a Simpsons meme, you know, the, the one when he takes his hat off and puts it on the yeah, rack. And yeah. takes, <laughs> that's, it, that's the Stewart guy right there. It was a, uh, it was a rough week or so for Michigan state football involved with people named Keon varying pronunciations I don't even want to talk about Keon um you know what uh it's uh it's a tough loss but while we're on the receivers though I saw you talked to Christian Fitzpatrick you know he had uh, hernia off last year and I don't know. He, I don't know if it's going to be him. I don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, Antonio Gates or Jerron Glover. Henry seems more like a special teams guy right now, but that receiver yeah, I, room is going to be something to watch because they need guys to step up. Yeah. I mean, Trey Mosley, you know, barring a transfer edition um, and I'm talking about a transfer edition who has actually played not, you know, um, you know, it's Trey Mosley. I mean, he's the guy that you could pencil in as the starter. He's the, you know, most experienced fifth year senior. He's, you know, starting, he's been making plays since, you know, 2018. Um, but, you know, this, he's always been the second or third guy. And, and now he's going to be the number one, most likely barring anything else. And after that, Montori Foster, I would look for him. Uh, you know, he had uh, uh, Liz Frank uh, injury uh, that he was playing through last year with screws in his foot, not ideal. Um and then, you know, you, you Fitzpatrick, who, you know, he's been there for two years, only got four catches, but he's, you know, he's six foot four. He's a big guy. So they're going to need him to, you know, be an outside threat. And then after that, it's the, you know, really the three uh, second year guys, Tyrell Henry, um, Antonio Gates and Jerome Glover, like you mentioned, I would, I would say, you know, I'd put Henry right in the mix. I thought, you know, we saw, really? you know, mostly on special teams last year, but you know, he's got, he's got some burst, um, 
And I would expect him to, you know, it, it'll be, like you said, it'll be interesting. You know, they, they don't have the talent that they had the last few years. That's what's, that's clear. You know, they don't have Jaden Reed, they don't have Jalen Naylor, they don't have Keon Coleman. Um, we've well, so, got experienced talent. I think no, no. Some, I mean, these guys know. could obviously, any of them could be great players, you know. Um, you know, it's not like, like Jaden Reed and, and Jalen Naylor were these big time recruits, you know, you know, they weren't, you know, top hundred guys or anything. So, they'll, uh, you know, Courtney Hawkins is very good. You know, he's a good receivers coach. He obviously knows what it takes. So, um, see those guys develop and they'll be catching balls from a new starting quarterback. So we'll be interesting. All right. Well, uh, there you go, people. I think we just got like 35 minutes out of talking about schedules. So uh, <laughs> don't you can't say we didn't try to, to pump out some content here, but uh, it is very much the slow time uh, for Michigan State. And, uh, you know, like I said, the pods will continue to be hit or miss here. We'll wait for some more news to happen once we get into the summer. Uh, you know, we'll just start doing some position previews and whatnot. But uh it is very much the downtime when it comes to college sports, so hang in there with us uh, as we get through it. But I think that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of MLS Spartan Confidential Podcast. Appreciate everyone for listening. So for Brandon, I'm Brandon Champion, and for Kyle Austin and Matt Lentil, we will talk to you next time, and go green.